0: Well, hi there it's Kirk here uh, pastors positive mental health yeah, starting season two it's been a while we've taken a break as many of you know there are some things that health issues that my wife has been dealing with and so thank you for your prayers as we continue in this journey of cancer treatment and whatnot and and so uh, i thank you for all those who have checked upon us and the faithfulness of the lord through this time truly uh, i could see if you go through something like this without Uh, Jesus Christ and his spirit and the support that he gives through his family in the church, we would definitely be struggling more than we are. Not fun, but God is good. So I just wanted to talk a little bit about seasons in ministry. If you've been in ministry long enough or if you're just starting out in ministry or if maybe you are someone who is a church member, you need to understand that pastors go through seasons. There are seasons where they're full of energy and nothing can stop them and they feel positive about everything and they can't wait to do the next thing. And then there are seasons that that are opposite of that. And there are there are reasons for it. Some of it is the ebb and flow. Um, you can only run at a certain pace for so long before you really need to take a break or rest a little bit. And often pastors feel this this need to constantly be doing something new or mi- not missing out on, on reaching out to parishioners. And and we find ourselves as pastors in this rut of exhaustion. Um, It's not that we don't love the ministry. It's not that we don't enjoy what we get to do, but we find it very difficult at times because we're simply tired. So I want to go through some of those reasons of why we are just simply tired. Uh, First of all, as mentioned in many other previous podcasts, and I encourage you to to head back and listen to some of those uh, from our previous season, So you can understand some of the things that lead towards burnout. And not everything that I'm going to talk about in this moment is, is leading to burnout, but there are some indicators as a pastor that need to pause and go, let me not feel guilty for taking care of myself. Let me not feel guilty for not feeling that I'm as present as I need to be in this moment because of life circumstances. So that's the first thing that, that gets difficult for pastors at time, is just life circumstances. If you are a pastor and you have young children or they're teenagers, Uh, life circumstances can be busy and very distracting and very exhausting as you're trying to go from place to place and and make sure your kids get opportunities that you want them to have as they're involved in in not only school but extracurricular activities and whatnot. And you want to serve them, you want to help them, but you can find yourself just running constantly and never really getting that moment of break. There are seasons in the minute where I I would say for at least in the Lutheran context, we find this often during Lent season and an Advent season is we feel like we're doing so much more because we're preparing more services and we're doing more things. We're trying to figure out how to get people to be there on midweek, you know, during those times because it's not the normal pattern. And you can find yourself really running out of steam. And what's interesting, like this year, upcoming, we have um, Advent, but then like five weeks later after Christmas, where Ash Wednesday comes, it's a very short season this year. And so we, we don't feel feel like we get a break to really pause and rest and again it's not that we can't do the work it's just is we you know there's other things going on another life circumstance that can just simply happen is just the trials of this life So I mentioned a little bit at the beginning about the trial with health issues. And so when those things happen, that draws your attention, and especially with the diagnosis of cancer and whatnot, it is something that is always there. And you can't just simply go, okay, Let me just separate myself from it and it not be there. It's always present with you. And so you have to take the time to process it and to draw strength from the Lord. And for church members, it's really important that you pray for your pastors and you make sure that you support them when you see that they're going through tough circumstances. And it's not just for the pastor that has to deal with tough circumstances. He feels the weight of parishioners when they go through it. So, you know, if you have a recent string like we have of, of people that have been having some health issues, surgeries, and cancer, um, and you just sit there and you go, "Man, this is a fallen world." We need to hope in Christ, but I need to hope in Christ as a pastor. And so we realize that that uh, there is just life circumstances that sometimes come in, and it's important for us pastors to pause, uh, make sure you have some time where you're you're, you're disconnected from. Um, those things that are weighing you down. I mean, you can't disconnect from from uh, cancer. You can't disconnect from problems that are going on in the church. You can't disconnect from, from life. But find those things that, that you can get some real rejuvenation and rest. And obviously, quiet time with the Lord is one of the most important things you can do. And if it means you got to miss 15 minutes of sleep, then I encourage you to do just that. But also really uh, protecting your Sabbath. Um, means that you have a day that you're really not um, attending to things at the church. Not again that you're not available. It's not like someone couldn't call you and you would answer the phone, um, but you you schedule to be um, you know not going to the church. So my wife does the children's ministry here at the church, and and during our season of children's ministry, we try to purpose it in uh, in our. In our heart to have one day, the Friday or Saturday that we don't go to the church and do something, and so uh, you know, otherwise I would be here six days a week and or seven days a week. I already am six days a week when we do that, and so we just we just and it's important for us to feel that it, it also rejuvenates me because I'm excited to get back. I'm excited it's like we just had Vacation Bible School last week and I'm tired. Um, those things, events, will tire you out, and and so you're here a little bit more. You're here a bit longer. You're putting a little more effort into certain things, a little more physical effort as well, and you have to not feel guilty to say, okay, for the next couple of weeks, I'm just going to take a break, I'm just going to pause. I mean, if you're uh, so right now, I'm going into season. People think summers are usually minimal, but they're they're not. Um, when you have certain positions, like I have to go to a conference in Milwaukee next week, um, and then another. Four weeks after that, I go to another convention. Yeah, And so you just see that these things are part of it. And so you have to find ways when life circumstances are trying and busy to pause and just escape for a moment. If it's a hobby that you can go do for an hour or so a day or a half hour a week or something, you need to take that time and also fellowship with other people next i think seemingly slow growth in the church can be something that really makes a pastor tired um i served with a pastor years ago who who was convinced that he was the problem he was a he he taught the bible he was a great shepherd um, and the church just did not seem to grow quickly and And we had to process that. You know, one of the things that I sat with him after I had returned from being away for a while was looking at the fact that all the people that had left the church for various reasons, whether they moved out of town or the season was done in that church, they were engaged and involved in another church, whether it was you know where they had moved to or in the local area. And so my point to him was you were faithful at the time that you had with those people and so we need to say okay lord i need to be faithful and do the best that i can through the strength of the spirit for the time that i have these people that you have entrusted to me and there are seasons where people move away we had a couple years ago we had two families one had six kids one had three and they moved within two weeks of each other so all of a sudden you've got you know 13 people gone and you know 80% of your children's ministry. Uh, And so you realize that these are just seasons that happen. And and we need to be careful not to take those seasons personally, but say, Lord, search my heart, see if there be any wicked way in me, lead me in the way everlasting and help me to be focused upon those people that are here. Often we find that, that we are preaching to the people who aren't here. Um, and, and I years ago, I was used to get really upset with the people who called our church their home church, but they didn't show up on Sunday in a consistent way. And the Lord just said, you should be grieved that they're getting ripped off. And instead, turn your focus to those who are there, those who are availing. And you've heard of maybe the 80-20 rule uh, that 20 people, 20% people, twenty of the people do 80% of the work or, and, or all the work. And, and I think that it's important for us to realize that those who come on Sunday, that's who God has entrusted to you in that moment. Those who come to Bible study, those who come to other functions, focus on them, trust the Lord for the results. And, and it's really hard to do sometimes especially when you see um, things happening within your church, with from your church members, and they are come from a place of, of sin, maybe, or, or lack of trust or faith, and at their season that they're going through, and their, their trust and their faith has been shaken, and you get frustrated because, I mean, I have this attitude sometimes, and it's not good, but I have this attitude where I want to say, just be a Christian. This is what God's word say says, do it. Now, I have to hold myself to that same thing. And so the Lord looks to me and, and, and he says by his Holy Spirit, gently, he goes, so how are you doing with that? And so I think it's important for us to realize that there are these seasons that make us tired. And a lot of these seasons and these circumstances and slow growth or whatnot will, will cause you to fix your eyes on something other than the Lord Jesus and the call to proclaim his mercy and his grace in Christ for others. And so again, and maybe we don't have the best picture to understand what growth really is. Now, does God care about people and does he care about numbers? And does he want the church to be added to daily? Absolutely. But that is his work, not yours. Your work is to proclaim Christ and him crucified. Often the life circumstances and trials of other people, whether there's marriage conflict in the church or someone's upset with God because of health problems and they're... They're mad at God, or there's a death of a loved one, um, a, 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 an unexpected diagnosis of uh, bad health. Um, you know, you can be really carry those burdens as a pastor, and you can find yourself just depressed and down and really tired. Now, we need to realize that it is not our job to carry those burdens. Jesus said, come to me all you who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon me and learn of me for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Why is the yoke easy and the burden light? Because he is carrying it. We were never meant to carry these things that we so often try to fix on our own or try to carry on our own. So I just wanna encourage you as a pastor, um, continually say, what does Jesus say? Come to me. What does Jesus say? My yoke is easy, my burden is light. Why does Jesus say those things? Because he is the one who is carrying the burden, not you. And so we cast our cares upon him for he cares for us. And then I think sometimes we have this uh, this business mentality, this ROI, return on investment. So we have an expected return. I'm going to put this effort into these people. I'm gonna put this effort into this program, into this event, and I expect a great return. A, a vacation Bible school is a good example. You'll get people from that don't go to church regularly and, and they don't show up to church. And you're like, well, why am I doing this if they're not going to come to church? But here's the thing. You preach Christ crucified and you're giving those seeds out and you want to bless them. Or you have people that you know haven't been baptized. And you're like, you need to be baptized. And you mention it in your sermon and you don't know why they're not being baptized. And you and you just sit there and you go, well, this is my expectation. Or you preach because you know what's going on in a certain way. And you preach to that and you trust the Holy Spirit to speak to people. And they're not responding in the way that you think they should respond. You know, you preach a sermon about trusting the Lord and about allowing the Holy Spirit to do the work. And with with God, all things are possible, though with man, it's impossible. And you say, man, as people leave, they're going to trust the Lord and they're going to proclaim his goodness. And they're going to put all their cares um, in the Lord's hands and they're going to live with great joy. And then you find out they don't. And they're still in this cycle of frustration and irritation and you find yourself tired and frustrated because you're preaching with the expectation of immediate return we live in a society that uh, well Amazon Prime you used to get uh, you know at least two-day delivery now you never know but but we live in this instant gratification society if I have to wait in a drive-through for my Starbucks or whatever longer than a couple of minutes right I'm getting impatient and go why is it taking so long and I think it's one of those things Where we have this lack of return, and I think it's good for us to think of even some practical things uh, like the prophet Jeremiah for 40 years called the weeping prophet because he preached and nobody repented. And then we think of of it, it, babies. You don't expect your baby to get up and walk right away. You don't expect them to feed themselves right away. I mean, you can sit there and you can train your kid to tie a shoe and you can try to teach him to feed themselves, but it's gonna take some time. They're not gonna get it like that. It would be like giving them an algebra equation and saying, okay, well, here you go. Let's get two plus two. They know what two plus two is and so now they should be able to do this algebraic expression and so we need to sometimes realize that there is a process that the holy spirit is doing and he's the one that's in charge of the return he's the one that's in charge of the growth of people he's the one that does the work and so we do the work that he has called us to do as we grow in the lord trusting with great expectation that he is working and we can look forward to that return eventually. And so as we embark on this season 2 of Pastor's Positive Mental Health, I want to offer my services to you if you're a pastor, even if you're a church member and you want to know how you can help pastor, your pastor Please feel free to reach out to me. Um, You can find the the contact information through this podcast. Uh, uh, You can do drtripletpmh, so d-r-t-r-i-p-l-e-t-t-p-m-h at gmail.com. You can go to a Facebook page, Pastors Positive Mental Health Institute. You can contact me that way. I really want to help the church. I really want to do those things which God has entrusted to me as he has given me uh, this, this platform as, as an expert in pastor positive mental health. Just to remind you, I do uh, seminars for pastors and conferences for pastors. I also do seminars and pastors for church leaders and, and for lay people. I have workbooks that, that people can, can and talk to me about that I can help you through. Oh, also I wrote a book that's specifically for uh, non-pastors, uh, church members. Um, it's called Affirmed, Building the, Past- the Positive Mental Health of Your Pastor. You can get that on all platforms, Amazon, Barnes and Noble's, Books a Million, uh, Christianbook.com, all those places. And so I just encourage you, or you can buy them direct through me if you so see fit. Um, so anyway, um, I want to help. And and I want to help pastors flourish and I want to help churches flourish because their pastors are mentally healthy. So may you take this to heart, I pray, and let's together help churches flourish.